I want us to understand this. Can you by yourself save our country? Of course not. But it is God's will for us to save our country. Okay? I'll say it again because y'all missed it. It is God's will for us to save our country. Okay? It really is. Okay? Uh, Right now, you have to understand, we're losing. We're losing. Okay? And I think it's kind of twofold why we're losing. Okay? Number one, the church sits in the church. The church kind of sits in the church in this little safe cocoon, okay, and and just kind of talks about stuff and talks about faith and and talks about different things that don't amount to a hill of beans. My question is, when are we going to go? You know, every time God calls somebody to do something, he doesn't call them to come to the church. He calls them to go, okay, because guys... If they don't see it in us and through us, where are they going to see it? And the church has been running its mouth for 2,000 years about how great God is. But if we're not going out there and there's nothing no no miraculously different between us and them, so what? So what? You know, we can run our mouth about how great our God is, but if there's no, nothing different between us and them, there's nothing greater happening in our lives and their lives, so what? Big hairy deal. You could talk all day long. Okay? It is imperative, kids. It is imperative that we get our acts together in Jesus Christ. Amen. It is. It is. It is imperative, we talked about it in the 9 o'clock, it is imperative that we begin to tell people about the miracles that are happening in our lives and through our lives. Let me give a caveat there though. If there ain't no miracles happening in your life and through your life, maybe you better start digging in and finding out and figuring out why. Because you claim that God Almighty is living in your life. Right? It ain't nothing happening. And you're still being a knucklehead. And you're still messing with the same junk you were messing with 10 years ago. Kids? Amen? Very, very, very important stuff. But I really do believe it is God's will. That there at least be one major final revival in our country. Because if there is not, we are toast. I want you to understand. We are toast. And and we talked about it last week. It's not going to happen through politics. That Washington, Harrisburg, I don't know where our county meets. But I mean, even our local situation. Our local situation has a demonic spiritist medium in our town hall. Think about that. They give her a room and she charges money. And we just sit there. I talked to one of the grand poopas from the township the other day. He was him off and he just kind of sat there and looked at me. Kids, there needs to be revival, and it needs to start right 
here. And it needs to start in you. Don't be waiting on everybody else. That's the problem. Well, you know, once Naomi gets it, I'll get it. Well, what if Naomi don't get it? God already made the way. God already lived the life. God already died on the cross. God already rose again. God already sent his Holy Spirit. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? I was going to preach a sermon this morning on humble prayer. And I just felt like that's where I was supposed to be. And about Thursday or Friday, I realized, see, in me, I'm kind of a weird preacher. Okay, I, I always have enough material for about three or four hours of stuff. But when I know it's right, it just kind of feels right. You know, it just kind of flows. It just kind of, yeah, that's it. Well, all week, I kind of felt like that ain't it. You know? Now, what you got to do is you got to pray for me because J.C. gets mad and punches me when I change my sermon last minute. You know? And his bony little fist, it hurts. So y'all pray for me after the service. You know what I'm saying? But girls, if you want to put 2 Chronicles 7.14 up here, our, our verse that we're really focused on this summer says, listen, if my people... Now, one of the words we don't like but you gotta, you got to hear it. It doesn't say, my people. It says, if. We got a lot of Christians, or a lot of church people running around calling themselves Christians. And they just believe that's about them. Kids, if you don't follow the rest of the verse, then you didn't do if. I'm calling us to if. I'm calling us to get on our knees and do what the old timers call pray through. Y'all remember that word? That means it's not now I lay me down to sleep, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. It is staying on our knees until we know we have touched God Almighty. I love something I read this week. Um, And and like usual, I can't remember who it was. But but it, it said... Preaching touches man. Prayer impacts God. Let me ask you a question. How much quality time? Don't oh, I, uh, you know, I I don't do quality time, quantity time. I I do quality time. If you do quality time, you do quantity time too. Kids, if it ain't happening in your life and through your life, it's because you ain't on your knees. You hear what I'm saying? If you've got lost kids and grandkids and loved ones and friends, you need to be on your knees. You need to be on your knees. And you need to be on your knees until you're done. Okay? That ain't what we're talking about today. All right? If my people who are called by my name, in other words, you got his name, If you are a man or woman of God, you are walking around and people are going, oh, that's Debbie. She's a God. Do they say that about you? I I I went through a death process a few weeks ago with somebody and I realized nobody even knew this guy had even given his life to Jesus. And we're not talking a week and a half, we're talking years. 
what's wrong with that? Nobody in his family even knew he, he, he went to church. There's something wrong there. If you are his and if you are called by his name, you will humble yourself and pray. We're going to talk about that next week. Okay? And you will seek his face. Wait till that sermon. Wait, I, th- I think that's on Daddy's Day. That's going to be a great sermon. Because you can't seek his face and be sinning overtly at the same time. Can you? Oh, Jesus. Sin. Oh, thou. Okay? Because you're going to seek his face, but you ain't going to like what you find. Enough playing with sin. Okay? You will seek his face and turn for your evil ways. He will hear your prayers. Here's the, here's the scary part about that, though. It doesn't skip right over and say he'll hear your prayers. It says if. Then I will hear your prayers from heaven. I will forgive your sin and I will heal your world. I will heal your land. I don't know about you, but I want my world forgiven and healed. I want everybody in my world to know his love, know his grace, know his power, be living for him because that's the only place you're going to find peace and joy. Amen? Is anybody with me? You hear what I'm saying? Very, very, very important. But guys, it starts with the first part. And I just felt like I needed to go back and talk about if my people who are called by my name. Kids, are we his people? No, seriously. Don't be giving me no Sunday school. Oh, I know Jesus. Are we his people? No holds barred. You gotta understand something. If he is not Lord, master of your life, if he is not in charge, you are not in him and he is not in you. I am so tired of this no lordship Christianity junk. Well, you know, we work at it. No. If you repent, you are sorry for sin and he will change your mind and heart and life. Enough of this. I am so tired of this Christianity where I go to church and live like heaven and I go out and live like hell, but that's okay because God understands my sin. God understands why I act like a nincompoop. No, I'm serious. God understands why I sin. God understands why I live with my boyfriend. God understands why I live with this person. God understands why I do this. God God understands that he died on a cross He rose again. He sent his Holy Spirit to save you from your sin. Let me help you with something. If you're saved, you're not out there seeking ways to live like hell and feel good about it. If you are saved, you're not wanting to go to churches that say it's okay to do anything you come up with. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a little loopy. I come up with some weird stuff. Amen? I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. I got to ask this morning, and I want you to ask yourself, are you his? Are you his? Is he in you and are you in him? We have to differentiate. 
The church of Jesus Christ has flatlined and we've done it so that everybody feels okay. I love you, but I don't want you to feel okay if you have decided sin in your life. Because I don't know what Bible you read, but my Bible says the wages of sin is death. Let me help you with something. Holiness and sin are lifestyles. They are mindsets. They are the way we live it out, out in the real world, every day. And the problem is, and the reason we don't have revival in our country, revival in our churches, revival in our homes, revival in our personal lives, is we haven't actually decided to be his people sometimes. If you have, you need to be up praising the Lord. If you have it and you flatline and you're just making all kinds of excuses to live the way you want to live, you need to understand something. You need to be saved. You need to give your life to Jesus. And when you give your life to Jesus, you give your life to Jesus. Is everybody with me? We need to be asking ourselves, hmm, am I actually his people? I know that's not correct, but you hear what I'm saying. Am I actually his? I've got some things on the sheet that I hope everybody got. Did everybody get a sheet? Sermon sheet. Everybody get a sermon sheet that wants a sermon sheet? We'll get you a sermon sheet if you want a sermon sheet. But there's some things on here that I I, I think are very, very important to ask. Number one, do you look like him? You see, he's my heavenly dad. He's my heavenly father. And we tend to look like our dad, don't we? Our parents. Don't we kind of look like our parents? You know, my, my wife's greatest um, struggle in life is that until J.C. was through eighth grade, she spent 24-7 with him, homeschooled him, worked with him, watched over him, and she says, how did I do all that? And he came out just like you. And I said, he's just lucky, I guess. You know? Let me ask you a question. Do you look like your heavenly father? See, it's not got nothing to do with looks. JC's about six inches shorter than me. He's about 110 pounds lighter than me. No comments. And, and I mean, but he is me. He's as big a jerk as his father. And all God's people said, amen. You don't mess with him or his family. You know, you just don't. You know, it's just, you know, I raised a boy to be a man. That's just who he is. He came out looking like his heavenly father because he took on, I mean, he took kind of his father and his heavenly father, but he took on their characteristics. He acts like his dad. He walks and talks like his dad. He relates to other people like his dad. I want to ask you a question. Do you look like God? When people see you, do they see your earthly sinful parents or do they see your heavenly father? I think this is so important. Because if we are his, 
then we look like him. We walk like him. We talk like him. We do like him. I think this is so very important because we've got people running around calling themselves Christians and they're still walking in the footsteps of their sinful parents because of the original sin of Adam and Eve. But let me remind you, Jesus lived perfectly. He died perfectly. He rose again perfectly. He sent his Holy Spirit to lead us and empower us So we don't have to live like our sinful parents anymore. We can live like and look like him. Are you mad at us, pastor? No, I love you. But there are just so many people. And we wonder why we're not impacting the world. If there isn't any difference... In the way we walk and talk. If there is no difference in our character and integrity. If people can't tell a difference between us and them. Why would we we believe that they would ever want the God we claim to serve? If my people. If my people. Let me ask you another question. Do we think like him? Do we think like God? That's where, kind of where it all triggers. That's kind of where it all starts, right? You know, and the first thing I got to say about that is, is you're never going to know whether you think like God if you don't read his word. If you don't pray. That's the only way that I keep in sync with God. I, I, am, I am just kind of an A-D-D-D-D flake. I mean, my mind is, you ever see me? Jen's in the office with me all the time. I can sit in the office for about 10 minutes. I got to go do something. Everybody's like, where'd pastor go? We don't know. I mean, my mind, if you followed it, you would go, kind of like one of them balloons when you let the air go. No, I'm serious. That's just who I am. You know, what are you laughing about? You're my twin. <laughs> But you know what? That all came from the sin of Adam and Eve. But from the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, through the person of God's Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ promises that he will give us his mind. Okay? And he has promised that we will be able to take every thought captive. Are you with me? Everybody sitting there with me? Okay, not just a mindset, but every thought captive to his obedience so that we can punish disobedience. So we, once again, can think like our heavenly dad. Don't worry about the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's all of us. But let me help you with something. He's your heavenly dad. And you can look like him. And you can think like him. And this is very important. Because if we think like everybody else and we don't think like him, are we actually his people? I don't care what you say. 
people are watching every word you utter. People are watching every action you take. People are watching every reaction and response in your life. They really are. People, people hear what you say, but if who you are doesn't equal or square with what you say, what do you think they think? And I don't have any problem with why the world doesn't want anything to do with the church because the church is crazy. The same garbage that happens at the office, if not worse, happens in the church. And it is time for that trash to stop. People think I'm nuts, but I grew up in that craziness. And it will not happen in any church that I'm a part of. Any person can walk in here, no matter their lifestyle, no matter who they are, and they will be loved. They will not be baby, but they will be loved. They will be safe. Because I will not allow people who've been hanging around too long, who, who just think they can be and do and say whatever they want, to do that very thing. That will never happen. Amen? Those kids in those classes are never going to see a kook farm. Not going to happen. Amen? Do you look like your dad? Do you think like your dad? Do you love like your dad? I want you to think about that for a second. We, call, we say we love each other in the church. And I love you. But we don't love like God in the church. Somebody say amen, please. Don't, don't sit there, you know. We, 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 we sort of love everybody. And as long as they do and say what we want, we could kind of love them. But I want you to think about this. The love of God gave up perfection to come to this nut farm and clothe himself in flesh. That's love. Amen? He lived in this craziness, in this temptation, in this, you know, nobody really understood him. He could have sucked his thumbs and nobody understood. He just kept walking the life that he knew he was brought here to live. Amen? And then, for me and for you and for everybody, whether we wanted him or not, whether we loved him or not, whether we appreciated him or not, even for the people that were sticking nails in his hands and his feet and spears in his side, he chose to die for them. Now, answer the question again. Do we, like, do we love like our dad? You see, here's the coolest part. When Jesus died, and when Jesus rose again, and when Jesus said his Holy Spirit, he didn't do that so that he could cover us so that we could still live like hell. He absolutely did all of that to change our lives, to save us, to set us free, to make us the people we were created to be. I'm going to get louder so the planes don't overwhelm you. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? Are we his people? The only way we're going to bring salvation to our country is to be his people. Is to be people that, that when they... Well, I don't know what them people over there are all about. And they're a little kooky to me. But even when I was a jerk, 
They loved me. Even when I was a jerk, when my family needed food, guess what? They gave me food. Even when I was a jerk, when I needed something done at my house, I let my lawn go this high. Them crazy people got out there and mowed my lawn. See, people, the love of God ain't this little tempestuous, well, if you like me, I'll like you. And I see this trash in churches, don't you? You know what? I mean, when I got here, there were people that sat over here, and people sat over here, and they, didn't, they wouldn't even speak to each other. But they loved each other. Yeah, right. And I'm running for Pope next year. <laughs> Why would people want to be a part of that? How can we save our country when that trash is going on? You know? Do we love like our dad? Do we lead like our dad? Let me help you with something. Something God has revealed to me. I ought to be on television. God has given me a vision. No, I'm just kidding. Man, we need to talk less and lead more. You know what I'm saying? You know, we tell people how bad they are. They kind of already know it, but what does that really do? You know what I'm saying? You know what they need to see? Somebody that's out ahead of them is leading such a life that has this peace thing, has this joy thing, even when there's a mess in their lives, even when there's heartache in their lives. They, they need to see people out front that, I don't know how they do that. If we act and react just like everybody else, why would they want what we've got? But man, when we look at, at, at a tragedy in our lives, and we say, I don't understand why God did this, but you know what? Somehow, some way, I'm going to give him praise. Somehow, some way, he's going to get glory out of that. Somehow, some way, God's going to turn this mess into good. They're all like, I want some of that. Especially when the tragedy comes, and it does. But kids, if we're mouthing off about being Christians, and we're just like everybody else, Amen. I can't see anymore, excuse me. Last but not least, are we powerful like him? I am so tired of wimpy Christianity. I am. I am so tired of, well, you know, stop it. Our God is almighty. I don't know about your heavenly dad, but there ain't nothing impossible in him. I don't know about your heavenly dad, but there ain't nothing too difficult for him. And through him, I can do all things. You see, you and I, we weren't, we weren't created to be wimple, wimpy or wimple, whatever that is. We were created to be powerful. We were created to rule and subdue. 
We were created to cultivate our world. We weren't created to go out here and say, oh, I hope Satan doesn't get me this week. Oh, I hope they're nice to me at work. Oh, get over yourself and grow up in Christ. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. You and I were created to cultivate the garden God placed us in. We were created to cultivate the world God placed us in. Not to be cultivated by it. Amen? I am so tired of hearing Christians... Well, you know, there's this one thing. Well, get on your knees, pray through, get up, and live it out. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. People don't want this entertainment Christianity garbage. People don't want this Christianity garbage that goes to church, gets a check mark, and says, I was there, but I lived just like them. No, Jesus Christ lived died and rose again and sent his Holy Spirit to make us extraordinary like we were created to be. Then we will have a voice in saving our country. But if we're just like everybody else, seriously? Seriously? You say, well, Pastor... where do I find this out? How do I know? How do I, how do I kind of put this together? How do I kind of... Well, well, what you do is you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then one more time, you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you see how Jesus lived. You see how Jesus loved. You see how Jesus related to people. You see what trash Jesus put up with and what trash Jesus didn't put up with. Are you with me? You see how Jesus reacted to the hard times in life. You see how Jesus reacted to temptation. You see how Jesus loved. You see how Jesus, how Jesus, how Jesus. And then you you know what you do? Then you go out and you live in those footsteps. You live in that mindset. You live in that love. You live in that power. You live in that glory. You go out here. You want to change your world? You want to save this country? You want to save your home? You want to save this this township? You want to save it? Leave this place and go live like Jesus did. Let me help you with something. You don't do that by your own power. See, some people are like, oh, well, I'm not so sure I can do that. Let me help you with that. Let me, let me just be very encouraging to you. You can't. Let that soak in. My Bible says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And nothing means nothing. Amen? Are you with me? I want you to hear that. I want you to understand that. But you have to understand something. When you decide or choose to be his people, he calls over your life. He pours into your life. He communicates into your life. He communicates the power you need. He communicates the the love you need. He communicates the healing you need. He communicates over his people, in his people, through his people. Is he calling in, over, and through you? This is so important, kids. This is so important. 
people in the church call themselves Christians are living so powerless. They're living so wimpy. They're living so backward. They're living so I can't. And God's saying, why, man? Why? I am almighty creator God. The one who created everything can recreate you. And if it ain't there, boop, I can just make it. Let me ask you something. Is that where you are in your life? Do you know when you leave this place, I'm going to have the power of God so I can go out here and I can be that person. I can be that person. I could be that person to my kids that they need to see because they need to see Christ, not just hear a bunch of words. I could go out of here and I can love people when they are unlovable. Man, I tell you what, the biggest bunch of knuckleheads in the world were the disciples. And Jesus just loved them and loved them and loved them. And that ain't always easy, is it? Amen? That ain't always easy. It's not. But I want you to hear, I want to hear you now. I want you to hear now. Whatever you need, God will communicate in, through, and on you. Are you ready for that? Do you want that? Or are you stinking, playing stinking church games? You say, well, you're, Pastor, you're kind of crazy today. Thank you. You've got to understand, I believe this stuff, man. I'm tired of putzing around. Whatever I got to do to see revival come to this area and our country, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. And there's some powerful stuff going on. It's wonderful. It's glorious. But I got to end in the context of our verse. Right after our verse, and the, and the, and the verses are, are in your sheets. God looks at Solomon and says, listen, if you continue to follow my word, I would say what he's saying today is, if you continue to learn of and follow in the footsteps of my son, I will continue to bless you. I will hear you from heaven. I will forgive you. I will heal your land. I will do great and mighty things in you and through you and for you. And I am seeing that happen. You remember last Sunday I was talking about the fact that, that it was going to cost us $3,000 a month for health insurance. Remember, remember that? I told you about that. Does anybody, remember, does anybody listen to what I'm saying? <laughs> On Sunday afternoon, we prayed about it. On Sunday afternoon... Friends of ours who are in between ministries called us and said, and they told us about this thing called Christian Healthcare Ministries. Our health care went from, from um, 3000 a month to 400 a month. It ain't regular insurance. It ain't regular insurance. But it's, you know, let me tell you the other part. Poor insurance companies. Poor insurance companies. I called them on Friday or Thursday or Friday, whatever the last day of the month was. And I said, I got to cancel this. They said, oh, well, you know, in the fine print, you can't cancel this for 14 days. So it won't be until the 14th of June that you will be um, off their plan. Okay, what can I do? What, you know, I'm going to sit here and argue with you. On the 6th of June, and you have to understand, your, your, your pastor's kind of a drug addict, okay? For all my diseases, I take a lot of drugs. I take a lot of drugs to go to sleep at night, and then I take a lot of coffee to go get up in the morning. But um, it's a lot of money. Well, 
I get all my drugs on the 6th of June. So we'll still be under the plan. And my wife, she has scheduled to go to an ear person to get a hearing test. See, if y'all hadn't quit the hearing thing, you could have taken care of us. I'll see you later, Ruth. Ruth gets this look on her face. Guess when the appointment was for my wife to have her hearing test? The 13th of June. It's almost like God knew. Huh? He said, you follow me and I will bless you. You follow in my footsteps. You follow my precepts and I will take care of you. Okay? You could go out and spend everything but $2 in your bank account, and I'll take care of you. In fact, your trip is paid. It's almost like you're a part of the sermon. But I've got to follow it up with the end of the chapter. And you've got to go home and read it for it to become real. He said, but if you don't, and you turn from my ways... And you turn from my call. He absolutely says, I will bring you down. He says, you've got to understand, I absolutely will make you appalling. Basically what he's saying is, if you follow me, I will bless you. But you've got to hear this. You've got to understand, this is the context. You can't just go with the verses you like. But if you don't, I absolutely will make this temple that I have chosen a pile of rubble. Kids, today's the day. Today's the day to say it's all His. Today is the day to say, I'm going to go out here and I'm not only going to say I'm his people, I'm going to be and live his people. Are you with me? Because I choose the blessing of God. Amen? I'll go this side, that side missed it. I choose the blessing of God. I don't want my, pop, my, my life to be a byproduct. I don't want my life to be appalling. I don't want to, uh, to, to, for my temple to become a pile of rubble. I choose to be the man or woman that leaves this place. And I'm going to live in such a way that when people see me, they See my dad. Amen. 